We're on. Okay. It's hot. Okay. God bless uh, America. <laughs> well, I know, but we're recording on significant days, but that never comes out on that day. Well, that's why the whole month of July should be the 4th of July. So that um, we have more time month? to pod. Who has time for a month of any? <laughs> one month for America. A whole month of fireworks. Uh, that I'm down for. <laughs> um, one you get freedom one month a year. <laughs> um, we are we happen to be recording on the Fourth of July. Yeah. But I always like to get into the color symbology of the flag and Kabbalah, mm -hmm. or if people ever wonder like why is the flag here? But I've talked about it before. But I like that it's um. It's red, which is Gaborah, severity, power. Um, the white is Pluto on the tree, so it's Kether, uh, the highest sort of manifestation and divine consciousness. And then um, blue, which is Hesed. And then the red and blue, they work out on the tree of life as like... Um, well, blue is mercy. Well, yeah, it is mercy. It's Jupiter. But this is about, um, those are the two spectrums of like uh, man at their, their highest sort of performing, performing uh, on planet Earth. So it's like the highest laws, if you will. Interesting. But inspired by God, really. Right. So it's supposed to be, you know, a constitutional republic, that natural law or God's law, and then the government just says, hey, all right, you're supposed to just do your thing. Just don't fuck it up for other people. Just don't kill grandma. Then don't kill grandma. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I like the flag. Um, also, there's so much um, brainwashing and negativity against America right now that, um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not for it. But it is interesting, this Pluto going into Aquarius, retrograding back into Capricorn. And I do have a really good video on that and that retrograde. Um, so it's interesting to track it because we're going back. It's going back and forth between one that is like this sort of laws of, of man, right? This Capricorn is kind of like a warden. And then Aquarius is the, the people. Right. Who is literally is we the people. Yeah. And so I, I've mentioned it before, but the last time this happened was the French Revolution and the Amer or the American Revolution, then the French Revolution. But now everybody's rioting in France. So it Pluto retrograded, and it is in Capricorn. But to me, this is like the symptomatic from an uh, symptomatic of that astrology, where people are just fed up with what anything that is perceived as oppression. Absolutely. Well, and, it's, and I don't agree with these riots, just for the record. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, it's, it for me, I always feel like the French are always protesting. I know. Always it's rioting, like, oh, they're, so like, I can't even keep it's up. It's like Capricorn, Aquarius, whatever. They're French. But, um, but yeah, I think that's really Pluto interesting. Pluto in France. <laughs> yeah. I think with that's... With my book. <laughs> I think there couldn't be a better time for the French translation. Clearly, these people need some prosperity and they need some hope. They need some practices. And they need to put something in action, not burn, <laughs> yeah. you know, Louis Vuitton down. Did they burn Louis Vuitton down? I don't know. Some, oh, okay. I think so. A lot of it seems apparent that a lot is getting destroyed. 
Well, I remember when I worked in commercials and um, there was a French agency and there was, I think it was the, um, the was it the Yellow Jacket riots that were happening? I can't keep were up. The yellow or there orange? There was the Yellow Jackets. There was. I think uh, that was happening. People. That was pre, um, that was way before the, mor- not mortgage, uh, the retirement riots. Yeah, yeah. The retirement riots. But you know, you Now have, it's racism again. When you have like, quote, working class people rioting. And I remember in we were, um, we had an email uh, from one of the agencies and they were like, oh, we, I remember emailing and everyone was like, oh, is everything okay with the riots? Like, oh yeah, we're fine. We're just going to go to our, um, our summer home, uh, to, to the Chateau. Like we're just leaving the city. Let and I was cake. Like, it really felt like that. And I was like, damn, does not, I mean, part of me is like, okay, Louis Vuitton burning down, no sweat on their back, but Look, don't touch my book. <laughs> These people need to read my book. Yeah. They need well, now to be, it's going to be in French. They need to stop <laughs> complaining. They need to be making vision boards. They need to start tracking <laughs> their numbers. They need to start getting rid of stuff, starting with resentment, which is in the book. So here they are. They're just full of complaints and resentments and anger and perceived depression. And, you know, this book is like, hey, do these things. Start changing your life. Right. You know, but they have no vision. But I mean, I feel like there is a. They're sort a, of resting on their laurels of enlightenment. The, oh, France? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe so the people going to the chateau to avoid the riots <laughs> are handing out cake um, instead of bread. Um, I always thought of that, though, like. You know, oh, here's a chapter, the vision boards, for example. And I had this like whole comedy sketch in my head that someday I would have loved to have done, but, uh, or someday I'd love to do, where it's like clueless LA people like using law of attraction, which is a lot of, in a sense, is my book, but it's like, it's more earthly and practical and real and not just um, trying to manifest fantasies that are so far fetched. But imagine like trying to do like free workshops for the homeless where you make vision boards, you know, and they need like salt lamps and vision boards. (laughs) They probably need flat rimmed hats and some selenite and superfoods. You know, they'd be fine. Oh, my God. I'm just imagining all the magazines, the scissors, the glue sticks. Yeah. Uh, But I think it would. uh, But. Yeah, all joking aside, all this stuff helps and it works. Like nobody, I feel like maybe it's a European mentality and I'm about to shit all over Europe, but it's ingrained to want to seek the outside to do it all for you. So Mm. it's a reliance on on government aid, which is inherently very un-American. But I do feel that this country would be much better if, People were taught and encouraged, but in particular taught, like, how do you, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you pursue the, quote, American dream, you know, of, like, happiness and truth and justice, right? It it comes, so much comes down to money. But nobody's taught, like, the mentality is still... You know, I, I've talked to like people around, and it's still okay. Now I'm going off to college, and I got to put my time in there, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find a job, right? So you're always dependent on an outside, a job, a job. 
Yeah. That's my theory on why most of the New York, upstate New York, has just gone to shit because they were all like thriving towns and communities where they had some type of industry. And then you're reliant on the outside, right? This, well, the factory has to show up and then we'll thrive. The union the, workers. All of, well, yeah. Or the union. I mean, I, yeah, the union. That, but that's not my point. Yeah. <laughs> the union has nothing to do with it. Unionize all you want. <laughs> the point is your own inner reliance on outside. Oh, well, somebody else will provide the situation for me to go get a job. Yeah. Hollywood will provide the opportunities for me to go get a role. And enough people that are smarter, like, fuck this, I'm creating in my own paradigm. Everybody has access to creating a, a media empire, but so many people, you have access. There's so many opportunities now, but you're looking for somebody else to solve them. Right. And I think in Europe, that's just the conditioning. Everything's like by the state. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get a couple little liberties, and you know, and the, but it's all about the state. The state rules. You can work four days a week, and you have to have this time off. Like even maternity leave, right? Well, the, the government <laughs> says. Like people complain that you know, we don't have it here, but in America, what they should teach people at, from a very young age is how you can create that, because you're empowered to create it for yourself here. Yeah, I mean, I have I have beef with maternity leave is just a whole other beast that I don't agree with in America at all, and I don't even I don't even know if I agree with what you're saying in maternity leave in that realm. Of Who's gonna do it? Policy. I'm just saying. I feel like there could be if we're like if all of our tax dollars are going to like foreign wars, basically more or less. I think there's there's room for women to at least have more than six weeks off when you have a newborn. That's yeah, all Yeah, but I'm those saying. six weeks off in America, is that subsidized by the government? Have I you ever know. been on food stamps, Gina? No. It sucks. It's the most depressing bummer. Go, anyone listening, you want to be like, oh, oh welfare, like go and apply and get on it and see how miserable your life is. I'm... I really don't want to get into it, but I'm just I'm just saying I feel like there could be something better and I also but I also understand that women and families should be more empowered to decide, "Oh, I this is what I need for my family. How can we make this happen?" and then look into their resources and build from there. My entire point is if you're living in America, you have to just say, okay, how am I going to be empowered? That's what it is. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, the government isn't going to do it. Uh, oh, You're a yeah, corporation. So there's no use fantasizing. Oh, let's vote for some Democrats. They'll change that. Bernie Sanders will change that. Hillary Clinton didn't change it. Obama didn't change it. Uh, whoever else, uh, Jimmy Carter, seemed like the <laughs> nicest guy on the planet. He didn't change didn't shit. Change then Reagan, he didn't change shit. You know, he yeah. like ketchup is a vegetable. But like, you need to start getting your fucking head straight. That if you want these things, you have to do it. And that's it. And there is opportunity to do it here, but you have to be innovative. You have to apply yourself. Yeah. And sure, do in a fantasy, yeah, I definitely, I would rather see every dollar spent on like blowing people up, right, <laughs> with or without a pride flag sticker on your bomb, <sighs> that it should go towards like 
teaching and how to how do you become more empowered or taxes that that go to that absolutely yeah you know like taking a, f- a couple weeks off like that seems crazy to me i mean especially when you imagine what a six month old looks like or six week old six month old they're teeny i don't know but why are you so anti-american I'm you not anti-American. I'm just saying our not property get the taxes, handouts, for instance. Not no, get the handouts make you're it, looking for. Make it, town, make it your town property taxes go towards like, you know, it go, our town taxes, property taxes go towards the school system. Why can't it go towards maternity leave? It goes towards the bike lanes where people are still at risk of getting hit by a car because people are still horrible drivers and they aren't paying attention why can't it go to paying a woman to stay home for a year and watch her child i'm not disagreeing with that it's just the reality is never going to happen so you could sit around and pretend like oh voting's going to make a difference as if you're going to have some fake carrot that's dangled in front of you we did it we figured it out and we're doing it and we should be an example for other people and if that's what your goal is then you put your projection in it and as you have projection and you start to do it and you say this is what i fucking want well as you start to do the work the universe starts to show up for you yeah yeah not the fucking not obama or what's that guy bernie sanders like nothing's changing yeah but it's i'm really trying to touch on this pluto aquarius yeah, like you're good. like so tense and nervous. Like, I'm not. What do you I'm want? Like, is Hillary Clinton going to give you? I'm not talking about give Hillary you two Clinton. Years I'm just of saying. Maternity leave? No, I'm just it's saying that I feel like the values of this country could be shifted. I feel optimistic that we could shift our values and look at okay, what what do people need? What do they need in the home in our communities? And I think women and families and children. Uh, need to feel supported and it's not outsourcing everything to like daycare childcare, whatever i think that like i think that we can optimize our time even as workers and get stuff done where we don't have to work 40 hours a week to do the job i think covid made that very clear in a lot of a lot of industries um so i don't know i guess what i'm saying is there is a part of me that resents America a little bit and resents Europe because people have longer maternity leaves. But I also feel, I agree with what you're saying. I feel like we shouldn't just go into that like angry, low vibrational state at like the, the I'm angry at the government because then I want the government to have more power over me by like giving me money to, you know, raise my child or whatever give me money for whatever i just yeah i want them to get involved in that with the schooling and our medical care and our beliefs (laughs) and our spiritual (laughs) beliefs i think they should have the say it's like this mean the government is racist and corrupt and in bed with corporations so we should tax billionaires and give the money to the government (laughs) come on you got it there the positive part here is and i know people that also do it in europe and whatnot like you gotta at the end of the day we're here burning off karma working on destiny and that's your job yeah you know like i mean we you're gonna spend a lot of lifetimes in the muck and mire of being resentful against the governments Oh, yeah. I mean, and I am. I'm profoundly resentful against the, like the all the censorship now. Um, that's the wars, just the proxy wars, all the insanity. Um, 
and then we forget though that there's just you either can spiral out on all of that whether it's censorship or every person in the government is racist or whatever it's all true it's just like it the ball's in your court it always has been yeah period some people the ball might be heavier it might be in a weird place in the court it might be you know a, a puzzle to like find the ball that is in your court <laughs> whatever you know some people have a lot of balls and a lot of courts um and so, but the ball is on your court and you just have to find it maybe it's a small ball mm-hmm. maybe it's a big maybe it's such a big ball what's the ball for bocce the the polina maybe it's the polina it's a little ball but it's fast <laughs> That is smart, light on its feet, fast. That's a little mercury. Yeah, I like that. Bocce and Kabbalah really go well. These little balls and the Sephiroth moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the elements. So that's our 4th of July episode <laughs> that will be out after probably a week or two after the 4th of July. But we just had an opportunity to record today. Oh, yeah. It happens to be the 4th. Well, should we get into um, the things that come with Fourth of July, like cookouts, oh, barbecues, like the, and um, the potluck we're supposed to go to later? What is happening? Why? Well, Why? no, okay, no. I, I'm excited that we got invited to go to a party, but then I, I'm like overcome with the sense of dread that we have to bring a a dish. Yeah, let me just <laughs> pl- give me a moment. Can we just go to, to a just, party? <clears throat> I want to annihilate potlucks and i want it in relation to the planet jupiter let's do it um first of all potlucks have been a pet peeve of mine for some time now (laughs) um because first it comes down to what we were talking about if you're gonna throw a party just throw a party yeah like that's the jupiter energy jupiter you know if you have good jupiter you're not gonna ask people to like do all this work and bring a, a bunch of stuff, right? Like you're just going to say, I'm throwing a party. I'm going to provide for you. Yeah. We always do that. And it's like, here's all the food and what? So you probably spend a couple hundred dollars. Now, have I had times in my life where I couldn't afford that? No, but somehow I managed to throw a party. Right. Um, my other thing with like potlucks is now it's like this daunting thing. What do you bring? Right. And then, you know, everyone else is like, well, I'm going to save money. So it's nine versions of pasta salad. Yes. Or versions of chips and salsa. Yep. And like cheap salsa. Yep. Right. Nobody's like, I'm getting this super Super watery. Yeah. Just jarred, glass jarred um, salsa. And then, um, and that's generally what it is. But here's the other thing. Um, Let's say it's a little gathering, 25 people, something kind of small. And then what happens is 25 people bring enough food, whatever their dish is. They're like, well, I got to make sure. What if all 25 people want a (laughs) bite of my pasta salad, right? So 25 people are bringing enough food each for 25 people is what happens at these things, (laughs) which is like 625 (laughs) portions of food. So now three weddings. Now there's a nut, three big weddings, 200 <laughs> people. That's a big wedding. I've worked in a lot of yeah. weddings and, you know, anything over 100, you're like, it's a big, that's a good wedding. Yeah. And now we have enough food because it's a potluck for six, over 600 <laughs> people, right? And then, so what it's happens insane. to that food? 
it just gets, gets thrown wasted. Away. So or you it was sitting out during the day and there's flies all over it. And- so pretty much climate change, food waste, and inflation, I think, can 100% be blamed on potlucks, the overexcess. <laughs> Nobody knows how to portion it out. Yeah. And you just bring um, tw- literally whatever the number of people are. That's how much food you bring. But also you have this anxiety leading up to sh- to going there. And then for me, I want to make something even though I don't you really don't make, make anything. <laughs> you don't make shit, Gina. Well, that birthday party potluck was so stressful. You ended up making a cucumber salad and the cucumbers were shit. No one touched the salad. I literally yeah, saw no, it go untouched. Great. We're adding to climate change. Waste. Yeah. Then we added to climate change. And but... then composting around here, compost equals bears. Yeah. Yeah. We're just feeding the multitudes bears of bears and that climate are being change yeah it's crazy but i also i feel like it you're up again i remember the pot we went to this potluck in la and it was at this super fancy hotel yeah and i was kind of shocked they like rented this like beautiful suite it was like a two yeah there was a staircase and an elevator inside the suite gorgeous sunset boulevard hotel and it was a potluck. Had a rooftop patio had a rooftop patio we have a picture of you and me We, we had just started dating um, and it was a potluck and well, one of our friends, no, let me, <laughs> somebody brought Brussels sprouts. Remy really wanted to tell. I'm part. sorry, but Brussels sprouts, <laughs> no matter what you do about it, after they've been, refri- they smell like farting <laughs> and you could just smell the farting Brussels sprouts like down the hallway. Oh like, so it's like the t- leaves it's a like trail so unsexy. from like the car into the lobby, into the <laughs> elevator and then into this room. And then there they are. Fucking who is the genius, evil genius who's like Brussels sprouts <laughs> and like pancetta is going to be the new American side dish. Yeah. Right. They're not great. It's like that Portlandia sketch. You saw that one. With the celery. It's exactly. That's that. brilliant. <laughs> um, Those are the people. <laughs> some, but yeah, I mean, it is the Brussels sprouts. But yeah, don't bring Brussels sprouts to a potluck. In fact, don't have a potluck. But the that only... potluck sucked. I remember. Most because, potlucks are just really well, shitty. In LA, everybody is just busy. They don't have time to be like, and everyone lives in apartments for the most part. Like, you're not whipping up dishes. Now you got to cook. You can't just like, now you're assigned homework before you go to the party, right? Like, the only <sighs> potluck, and I've never been able to participate in anything like this. Also, here's the other thing. Let me just to go back on it. Have people, have their like, culinary has the culinary ability been vetted (laughs) a lot of people don't know to cook anything and so then they bring chips like trader joe's brand chips which just suck and um and like trader joe's salsa Mm -hmm. and trader joe's hummus Mm -hmm. which is the the pits um (laughs) in my opinion but nobody's been vetted for their ability I would go to a potluck if it was all like foodie types yeah. that also like they're the like food network. Yeah, or their hobby might be cooking and so it's like, oh, I'm gonna bring like my best recipe yeah. for this. Let's like let's all bring our best and sort of show off and it will make the experience like, oh, who's br- everybody's bringing a lucky dish. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's Jupiter. Luck is Jupiter. We call it a potluck, but I feel like it's it's a pot unlucky. It's total it's pot, pot despair. It's like Jupiter gone wrong. Well, but then I'm also like, are, do we have to pay for like the time, the hours 
a fraction of their mortgage because we're going to be in their home in their space like i just yeah, feel we like we should we should or like their that. rent or something like i just feel like i'm like do i owe you something else should, because this exchange already feels lopsided should we charge our friend who had to spend three days charging their car here because <laughs> <laughs> electric car and it could blow in the fuses out <laughs> I, we send her our electric <laughs> bill, send her the bill. <laughs> she listens to the pod hopefully you think it's funny i think too but this one that we're supposed to go to they want like canapes like so i'm gonna bring hors d'oeuvres like I think I should show up in a tuxedo <laughs> and a tray, like back in the day, cocktail napkins, and I should pass hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. I well, think my that's... classic move as a tray passer caterer at Warner Brothers was uh, I before I turned the corner, I'd shove a slider in my mouth, <laughs> which is the worst thing to shove in your mouth because you have to. It takes forever to chew. Then it's you never have, really like, one bite. Burger breath. Yeah, you got to yeah. go small. You got to go. You got to be fast on your feet. You got to be like <laughs> the little pachi ball, the polina. Um, yeah, so then it's like, it's a lot of homework, but it's anti-Jupiter, because Jupiter's just going to be like, look, I'm a high roller, show up, I'm going to give you gifts. Now, I think it's good Jupiter, show up to a party, bring something, flowers, if you want to bring a, uh, don't even bring a dish. Yeah, but people, I feel like what, what I'm used to when it's not a potluck is the person who's throwing the party has the spread set up, and people bring beverages that's what i've seen before we bring a bottle of wine or flowers or whatever um just bring some you just show up you're throwing the party because you want your friends to come yeah you want the people to come yeah uh, we're gene and i are just anti we won't have a potluck Never. plus i don't know how people a lot of people don't know how to cook and then do they have pets Right, you get like cat hair oh. in there. Oh. Like we we don't know what they're, they're feeding their dog while they're. We don't you know, know their hygiene practices. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's just like it's just weird dishes and your weird casserole. Then the other thing is you got to figure out your dish, right? So you're like bringing your dish, and so there's going to be an undercurrent of anxiety, even if you're not conscious of it. I can't forget my dish. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. That's my only dish. Right. Oh, I baked a casserole, but I got to remember. And all our casserole do like we have all this nice stuff now, like La Crusette. Yeah. You know, I don't want to leave that at somebody's house for a no. potluck or in a hotel in L.A. with the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Even like beside the Brussels sprouts, we'll just destroy the, the aura of our dish. So I guess we're going to go to this potluck later and I'm going to pass. Well, I want to see the fireworks. I'm going to pass hors d'oeuvres. Well, I wonder if they're going to listen. I hope this, these people aren't listening. No. The locals, some locals, I think, might st might start listening to this. I, As we I shit all over be, the art. You could be right. The the art in the southern Vermont. The I haven't noticed any, like, heads turn where people the, are like, oh, you guys, you guys the ones that host the podcast? I had, like, a, a full-page spread in the Manchester Journal. I yeah. thought I'd be turning more heads around town. I know. It must be a lot of, like, the people that, the tourists that read. I read the paper. Oh, okay. As long as somebody recognizes me. Exactly. But I think for good Jupiter behavior and a chapter in the prosperity book, the gift of giving, throw a party and have it be nice. Now, I think there's nothing if you don't really don't, if you're super strapped for cash, then maybe make it clear and just be like, hey, can we, I, I need your help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, we used to throw some great parties in LA. I'd be more up for the task if someone said, hey, I need your help. Could you bring dessert? Well, people like, love to help. Yeah. Versus like, hi, please bring a dish. Yeah. And you're like, just bring a dish. Oh, 
What dish? What does that even mean? But hors d'oeuvres are kind of complicated. Well, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to make, like, mini grilled cheese with, like, a side, like, a little shot glass of tomato soup. With, yeah, and you like, need little chives. toothpicks, too. You need little chives, you know, on the, on the thing. Yeah. So, anyhow, that's a long rant of potlucks, but... I th- it but really I hope does that we're doing a service to the we listeners. We went to a party not that long ago where they tried to time it right in between lunch and dinner when nobody would want anything, and they didn't even put out beverages or snacks. Not even it was date like not even like here's a bunch of sparkling waters. Buy a damn case of plastic water. Somebody just the people just want to hold something. I was so in their thirsty hand. at that party too. But I'm like, are you that anti Jupiter? Yeah. This is like, we hate Jupiter. <laughs> I can speak on behalf Jupiter of the host. Jupiter hate. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to riot for the hatred of Jupiter. Um, they're Jupiter-phobic. For real, actually. Totally. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do we're gonna do that. I'm going to piece up some hors d'oeuvres, figure that out. So nobody ate that cucumber salad? No, it went completely untouched. Yeah, nobody wants it. No nobody wants, wants to it. eat other people's weird food. Yeah, it's that weird. sat in their car with their dogs. It's weird. With tinfoil and their plastic dish. I don't yeah, know. so enough. All right, so we will never speak on potlucks again. But I wanted to say I hope we did a service to the listeners that uh, they know the uh, that potlucks just are just an anti Have some courage. Disaster. Use your Jupiter energy. It will come back to you. And if you're going to throw a party, you don't have to like put out, you know, gold bars. Just, you know, here's there's there's workarounds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what were so, oh should we get into that? Did that article that oh I found um, of that this woman. Crazy. This is where I love like the New York Post and their headlines, and that would be one of my dream fantasy jobs is to come up with like headlines. Or they like, did have the, the best headline for Madonna. The back what was it bacterial, bacterial girl? girl. Oh, yeah, I guess poor Madonna's had a uh, she had some sort of weird infection. Hope she's all right. Yeah, if, if Madonna that would be a weird glitch in the matrix. If Madonna, if Madonna dies, dies. I'm not. Yeah, that, that would just be that wrong. would be too. It's too soon. It's too soon. She needs to live until she's like 95. That's that would be like a sign that, um, like we're it, the end times. Are, we really are in the book of revelations. <laughs> and not even like a Madonna mental. I you know I did love. What is her first album? Was it just Madonna? But True I had like Blue. border no. Oh. There's an album before that that's just Madonna, Borderline. And I don't know. Wait, wasn't it called Borderline? Maybe. Yeah. Is that like when you wish upon a star or something? Yeah. Starlight. I was like 11 or 12 when that came out, and I loved that album. It's and I had a Sony Walkman, and I had the cassette, <laughs> and I had a Madonna poster on my wall back when so she was. So you're just like walking the streets with your long blonde hair, listening to Madonna, and then there's like a construction worker that's like, "Hey, baby." <laughs> the, my, my hair wasn't that wasn't really long then. That's okay. when I was a few years older. <laughs> I just liked that first album, and I listened to it a lot. And I had a poster because she was like trashy hot, and I yeah. found that really sexy when I was like 11. She had like ripped fish stockings and stuff yeah i was then she got rich you know and then it's just boring she's rapping about like soy milk lattes literally well yeah what, what song was that uh hollywood oh yeah but i'm also more interested in this i just came across in the new york post um but this woman, it, I guess it was a flight in Texas, like a Dallas or whatever, and she started screaming and she got off the plane because there was somebody on the plane that she's claiming wasn't real. And I'm gonna quote her. 
I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck off. And there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off. And everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. Um, I don't give two fucks, but I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker back there is not real. So there's some like shapeshifter, oh my God. right? I think that you, the I totally first, believe her, I think the, the first reaction is like, oh, she's just crazy or she was drunk or something or she took, smoked a bunch of DMT and decided to, you know, go on a flight. But Let me um, see her? she looks like someone that probably lives in Dallas. Yeah. Is that a crop top? Is that yeah. or partial? And then she has ripped up jeans. That's probably like a coach Up purse. Size, yeah. She probably owns a lot of stuff from coach, mm-hmm. right? Like not enough money for high fashion. And like maybe one of those Tiffany's bracelets, the little oh, ball. Yeah. You know but that she one? saved the blue box. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, it, <laughs> and she, she lives in a, apartment complex but like a decent one (laughs) with like a gym like a decent gym and a pool right and she probably gets hit on by like the good-looking guy in dallas who makes some money because he has a car detailing company yeah and they go on like a date that's her soulmate she doesn't crawfish place yeah exactly that's her soulmate there uh with her coach stuff and she goes waits for a sale (laughs) a coach sale and buys some coach boots yeah that's exactly who she is, but she is able to see shapeshifters, and that's the thing. So she's having her own awakening. So I like this just led me think about shapeshifters. Yeah, and I I believe her. I think that there's somebody on that plane that is not real, and it's she can. She I want to know what he it. or she looks like. I think well, it was a guy. I went on TikTok because I wanted to see what the, like it's like. The New York Post had a link to somebody filmed. It the incident and post on TikTok and I wanted to see the comments. And at first a couple were like, bye lady. And then I just went like, like I just scratched the surface. Everybody's like, it's a shapeshifter. Like everybody believes her. People are so open-minded to this. And stuff. then people are like, it's a lizard person. Yeah. Um, which David Icke is like really famous for first talking about this notion of the lizard people in the nineties. Um, and now he is apparently banned from going to the EU from England or parts of the EU. It's really weird. I don't know if that still is, is up and running, but like, wow, see, this is what I mean. Europe, they don't have free speech there. I don't no. know. They brought you the Holocaust. I kind of knew that though. They, the endless wars. Yeah. And then the Holocaust. Yeah. And then, uh, government control. And then like, here's your little pension. Oh, we're going to cut it for and you. And then bo- everybody. Beautiful prays. botanical garden. <laughs> yeah. And the food is so good. And the food is so good. Uh, the food is good. <laughs> yeah. It is There's delicious. definitely, uh, probably a lot of bonuses, a little bit of Europe that I've been in. And, and you I can still, walk everywhere. I still want to live in Mallorca <laughs> for like a year or two. Yeah. Um, okay. but you know, We'll just have to bring our American money, cold, <laughs> cold, hard American cash. Yeah. Um, but this, so the comments, so I was relieved to see, wow, of like the 50 something thousand comments, which I did not read all of them. Um, so many were like, it's a lizard person. It's a shapeshifter. I'm like, cool. There's a lot, like a lot of, um, a well, lot I of, just like, want to know what this person actually looked like for her to understand, for her to comprehend it as a, not a real person. But that's like, the thing. What is it? Was there like some sort of like sheer essence to their, to their aura? Did they have eyes that started flickering? 
Like, what did she see? What is a shapeshifter? She probably saw a more true form. So a shapeshift, there's a few different types. Now, I know, like, uh, witches that are sh very talented shapeshifters. Um, and you change your appearance, right? Alchemists are shapeshifters. Fulcanelli is an alchemist, and he could shapeshift into a, totally looking like a woman mm -hmm. or a man. Very high alchemists can shapeshift and, and be in any race and speak every language, right? So just like blend right in. Uh, so that's like a very high energy shapeshifting because that's like transcending, you know, like you have a universal soul and you can access and you know everything. Um, you know, that's the philosopher part of the, the symptom of the success of the philosopher's stone. You'll speak every language and things like that perfectly, mm. like C-3PO in Star Wars, I guess. Who's yeah. a translator, <laughs> a robot. But um, this, my guess is this is someone whose form was probably more lizard-esque, fucking alien timeline invader, oh. fucking, who knows, Agent Smith from, like, the government. You know, Agent Smiths show up once you start talking about Agent Smith or any holes in the Matrix, Never right? Heard That's of the Agent idea. Smith. It's all the Matrix mythology. Oh, Ag I see. The Agent Smith is from the Matrix. I see. So when you start cracking the code... We, it's like we do have Agent Smiths now. Like, oh, I'm going to post online, and then it's COVID, and then all of a sudden none of my stuff is working. I, I went to an ATM, and the ATM doesn't work. I went to two ATMs, and then my Bluetooth, like, everything's mm. glitching. Yeah. Right? That's what it feels like. But the sh the, So shape-shifting simply is whatever your form is, you can create something, some illusion, like, I don't probably in your aura, but in your projection, that you look different. Yeah. And, and so, she saw through it. So I, that's what it feels like to me, because it clearly was something very spooky for her to be like, fuck you, I don't care if you believe me, I'm getting off this plane. Yeah. And um, she just, she definitely doesn't look like she's meditating or anything. Do you think she's going to be visited margarita. by some, some like deep state agents and she has to then make know. a statement that says that she was on DMT and she was just seeing things? Maybe in some form, yeah. I don't think it's deep state. To tame, to tame the 50,000 comments of people that are like, it's a lizard person. <laughs> I think it's alien timeline invaders. The video has 50 million views on TikTok, but there's way more views probably because it circulates in other. Didn't you say generally v online views, you triple it? I didn't say that. Did yeah, I? you did. You said industry standard, like a YouTube watches, you could probably triple the amount. Oh, yeah, because there's more people watching it. Like, But on also the phone. that surfaces around. But regardless of that, um, the point is it's shape-shifting. And so people think, oh, lizard people are coming around. Like, we're all lizard people, right? We still have that within our lizard brains. So that's why people are so easy to manipulate. Mm. You know, you trigger that consciousness, just survival instinct, which is where like this sort of the oppressive part of this planet just keeps you in survival mode for so many of the planet. Is it an orchestrated regime? I don't know, but there, it's maybe is it's just part of the incarnational challenges of why you came here. Maybe I don't know the deal. You know, the ball's in your court. Where is it? You know, um, and. But it's like another, some type of, of entity or whatever it is. And it's just projecting. But we have that lizard consciousness. So 
it's like still in us. What if we're all lizard people and we're projecting and we think we're like, look like the was we know as humans. But I think that that part of our psychology, um, which in Kabbalah is called the nefesh, the Hebraic parts of the soul, and that's the animal, right? right. That's our remember, lizard brain. Yeah. Now, part of that we use, like that's so our heart can beat and we don't have to think about. Imagine if you had to consciously think about your heart beating every time. You know, forget or it. We'd all be dead. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a use, and it's also good to not try to you don't try to make it like your enemy. But spiritual practices and meditations and things like that, especially meditation or anything that takes discipline, starts to sort of tame that. I have another theory of maybe what she saw. Okay. I think because we did see bits of this in New York City. I think this woman saw a person that was so hollowed out and so soulless that they looked like they weren't real. Um, I think we see there's like this sort of zombified walking dead happening where there's there's no hope at this point. So she just saw mediocrity. <laughs> and she had to get right off the plane. She was like, I'm from Texas. Fuck you. <laughs> I got to get my guns <laughs> and some steak. Didn't she say something about America. like, you guys can go on this plane and it's going to go no, down? She said, you can die or not, but I'm getting the, with this person, with this non-real person. Right? I think there are non-real people. And there's That's some heavy. The thing is, everybody like, oh, I'm a mystic. <laughs> I'm really into mystical stuff. And then when shit actually gets weird and deep and you're like, oh, shit, actually, could people actually sh could some alien timeline invader actually project themselves to appear human? OK, Rem, anecdotally, if you and I were on that plane, would we have gotten off with her? Did anyone else get off with her? Which I kind of find hilarious if she's the only one like somehow everyone's just like do 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 like well according to fine. tiktok users a lot of the tiktok users would have gotten off um but no i probably would not have gotten because <laughs> i would say it's not i don't think it's destined for this plane to crash just because the lizard person they're all over right okay like that's the thing yeah. like people are like she needs to stop our... letting the outside affect her yeah she probably has some sevens <laughs> yeah um, she needs to get your book. <laughs> I, she, yeah, she needs to make a vision board. And she is actually, to be honest, though, she probably is really, really psychic and intuitive and very sensitive and just doesn't know it. Yeah. Or maybe she does. I don't know. Maybe she's fucking tinkering with a couple of polished crystals, the little, the little ones. You I know? can kind of see them being a little, a little dusty. They're collecting dust. A little polished gemstone. Okay. Mm -hmm. The ones, like the little <laughs> ones you buy in little tchotchke shops. Yeah. Um, that don't even sell books anymore. It's just crystals and Palo Santo. Except for that store in New York that had cryotherapy and my book. That was awesome. And really good sage. And that a store giant awesome. teddy bear that Isaiah hugged. Oh, yeah. That thing was like <laughs> four feet tall. So I'm looking forward to going back. Yeah. Collecting. Um, yeah. So thanks, guys. Um but there's even like the way David Icke talks about it, and I'm totally paraphrasing. I haven't really read much of his stuff. Um, you know, it's not, it, it's like it hits, it's almost like some sort of hologram, right? But I think that it's just we all have that, that part 
in us. Um, but I think also you can be a shapeshifter. Like some people just project really radiantly and really beautifully. I mean, have you ever seen someone you're like, they're not like that, say, what you would think of as good looking, but the, somehow the energy, the, the way they radiate, it's like they're just very powerfully sort of attractive. Yeah, you know? it's like that really tall woman who has the same birthday as you, Gwendolyn Christie. Was she the one from Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but for me, I'm like, she's not attractive, but she's wow, very hot she in person. She stands out. She looked really good in person. Okay. I think it's more than just maybe her even aura. like the Red Scare girls. I don't. I've never seen him in person. Hmm. So there's plenty of people. Um, it's probably Venus and Leo, man. Um, but you know, so you can. I, I just I know witches that are very skilled at, at sort of changing form, and if you're sensitive of reading it, it's just reshifting like sort of the astral body and the aura. Yeah. You know. But shapeshifters, are those, now we're going down the rabbit hole, are those different from clones? <laughs> yeah, clones are like, let's recreate this person. With their DNA I mean, from 23andMe? I, maybe. <laughs> I'm not doing any of those tests because I don't want my DNA Rem, you already there. have someone recreated as you and that's your son well Isaiah. he has my dna <laughs> he looks we, exactly like you yeah if, he if, even gave me a look today that i've never seen him where he was just like he just squinted his eyes and was like what are you doing mom <laughs> and i was like oh no he it's is official it's he's he oddly a, a mini me <laughs> i mean we've been po we've been i didn't really I've posted once occasional drop will drop a little pictures and stories but yeah. um he and I, when you look at pictures of me, it's basically the same age all around. Identical. Like we have the, there's one where our facial expressions are exactly no, the same. there's two. The one with your your birthday cake and then the one, um, the one I just did where he's holding a sloth. Well, he's. And uh, you have that dirty, you have dirty feet. <laughs> the, um, the clones. But I, I was like hesitant to talk about this, but I mean, I got I get some very interesting and weird messages, right? So people also probably feel like they can share things with me that maybe they can't share with other people. But then this was an email that was basically, I've been like, I've had this process, I've been illegally like microchipped with something and I believe I've been cloned. And then a few minutes later, uh, we get a message. Oh, disregard this. My email is hacked. I'm like, who's hacking into emails to say well, like, is that the clone? clone talking now? That was the clone. Yeah. I totally. 100%. That was so, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. You should see some of the Instagram <laughs> things. Uh, there's somebody battling a wizard in the fifth dimension, the black wizard. What? And they're wondering what, I mean, a lot this of these I don't. you're doing on your phone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, while joining the <laughs> Illuminati, like a video game. um, I know it does. I, I mean, I get like, I'll go into that, that section of people that <laughs> don't follow whatever. Yeah. You know, there's like that deeper, um, message request or whatever. Um, I've gotten so many things. I keep getting this couple accounts are inviting me to join the Illuminati, <laughs> um, which, uh, you probably get like your, if you had a bad, maybe that'll help your credit even more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Or your you, prosperity. You could sell Maybe your we could soul. Maybe pay off the house next year. A, a rock and roll star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does it come, what are the benefits? Yeah, that's Is there insurance? Know. Yeah. If it comes with insurance <laughs> and some benefits and, like, maybe a gym membership, <laughs> I think I'll join the Illuminati. Well, you might see the girl from Texas. Um, she <laughs> She's about to be sacrificed. No, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Some of these things that I used to, like, be able to teach and talk about. I mean, we're kind of bo- goofing around, but you can't. Like, nobody would believe. I still, like, could a clone exist, right? But I was just came across something, and allegedly in China, they're already creating some mix of animal and human, right? So you, then like it's a, like... Like a centaur? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, like a mythological creature? But I just think the technology that by the time we hear about in the news is so dated based on what is really being worked on behind the scenes. Yeah. I still think that there's massive... They wouldn't tell people that. I think there's massive alien technology and there's like nefarious people that have access to it and then it's like they divvy it out. I don't know if it's the highest bidder or there's like a plan. That's just my theory. If I were to write the movie... That's the movie I would write. You're not even allowed to have a fictional sci-fi movie in your head about no, this No, because then you're going to be like, you're a, you're like, a white, you're Wikipedia you're page racist. is coming out this year, and it'll be like... Racist. Uh, in this podcast uh, episode, uh, he talks about clones uh, and shapeshifters. Yeah, this conspiracy... What are the key for... Conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists. Theorist. Um, I love that as a pejorative. Like, get a life. Like, you can't even think... I mean, I still think, and we talk about it, so I don't give a fuck, but it's just... It's it's funny, but that was a very interesting email, and I I have to be honest, I believe it. Oh, because I know a the, I know the behind the scenes situation more. Yeah. So it's like Montauk, oh crazy Montauk project stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Um, which, yeah, but they could pull that stuff off now because everybody is so afraid of being called a conspiracy theorist that you can't even you can't even go down any sort of theorizing of. Oh, that person got, like, microchipped or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but they banned David Icke, apparently, from the EU. Like, he so couldn't weird. go speak at an event. All he has is ideas. The guy writes books and has ideas. Like, the thought police are real. Yeah. You know? And it's just, that that's, that's a fact right now. The virality, virality project. Like, oh, here it is. Like, we're keeping track. Like, the FBI is literally monitoring um, Twitter. Used to, was monitoring Twitter accounts. With like, four or 500 <laughs> yeah. people. Like, no, they can't post it's that. Like, can we, like, fire some well, people at the like, FBI? What are they that's doing? highly highly illegal but people just the problem is people don't want to accept these other realities they're so ingrained in their thinking that they're so oppressed by the pluto capricorn notion that they're not going to break free they want to allow their consciousness to break free because you're conditioned to always have someone else be the authority of your life right and then free thinking now is demonized because you're going to be a you're going to be a free thinking conspiracy theorist conspiracy theorist yeah. and that somehow is right wing right you know you're like you're, you're hanging out with like uh, matt getz or whatever and, uh, marjorie it's taylor like, oh, green yeah. oh yeah um oh like, fuck off. everybody needs to fuck right off <laughs> yeah. um that woman was right she saw a non-human but she could have been an entity we see entities all the time yeah it's you true. in particular really yeah. see entities 
they're everywhere. There's 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 all these dimensions, and they're just right in our Earth realm. There's other sort of spirits and entities. They come and go and enter and like leave, and we all catch glimpses of them. Yeah. They're not all good. Some are ghosts. Some are spirits. Some are you know. Some are just totally indifferent. Um, I mean, all of these things seem like people are getting more and more open-minded too. So that seems positive to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, if a you lot have an, of a balanced nervous system. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I, I did think it was cool though on those comments that everybody was like, "It's a sh- lizard person shapeshifter." <laughs> They're like running the government, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, out of the fifty-something thousand comments, that's what was coming up first. Totally. So maybe TikTok isn't, uh, you know, maniacally censoring everything. It's like when I got, I got demonetized." off of Instagram for like a penalty. It was like short term. Oh yeah. Which I think I've mentioned before. What'd you before. do? <laughs> I don't know, I just went live. I bitched about, I probably bitched about Democrats. I maybe <laughs> mentioned something about uh, Nancy Pelosi's old saggy tits, oh, which my are God. not saggy, I think they're fake. Um, it was all in like good humor and <laughs> spirits, but all of a sudden like, you know, it it's, Creepy. There's probably it, it, it's like the deep state stuff that was revealed, um, like literally the surveillance state that absolutely exists. Uh, the Virality Project, Virility, Virality. I should probably look that up and sound smarter. But <laughs> they're literally. It was uncovered that when you, if you search, uh, like deep state surveillance, like that's actually one of the trigger searches that gets you searched (laughs) so it's like oh let me just search about you know deep shadowy hidden you know it's not the government it's the government through like a private foundation that's like all the scams you know and so that's one of the flag things i'm like wait a minute so that's like the most deep state thing (laughs) yeah you search is the deep state surveilling me and that's what they're looking for. And then for. it begins surveilling It immediately <laughs> starts surveilling you. I mean, okay, it's fascinating. get offline. Do not ask these questions. Yeah, get a, what is it, a Faraday bag or something <laughs> that, that blocks out your stuff? I actually do want to get that for the Wi-Fi and stuff. I like the name, Faraday bag. I, am I saying it right? It is a Faraday, right? I don't know. It just sounds like a magical name. My Faraday pouch. With <laughs> my, my little Tinkerbell tarot. Um... <laughs> Probably uh, now everyone's it, the same people that are anti seed oil. And now it's anti Wi Fi, but everybody's like seems way unhealthier and more fucked up. What happened to just good old fashioned like lead? Yeah, you know, uh, bring lead. back lead. <laughs> like everyone seemed maybe a hair more sane. It was just uh, lead repressed trauma. What <laughs> if you just kept the lead, just but keep maybe the trauma work through in, the, oh, or just okay. work through work you know, through the trauma? Yeah, actually work through it. Yeah, that's sorry. How I, I liked your perspective. All our previous generations just seemed like they're lead poisoning and trauma, but somehow seemed more successful and fit and healthy. Yeah. You sent me that thing that um, what is it like? Millennials. Oh, the wealth. Uh, yeah, like the millennials at like the the average like thirties at forty. I think it was forty. Okay, so like the older millennials um, uh, hold four percent of the wealth. Millennial. No, not yet. Uh, they old they own four percent of the wealth at forty, and then on an average, Gen X held like eight point nine percent. Can you just give us nine? Boomers. 9%? No, boomers held twenty one percent of the wealth. 
Right, so it keeps getting cut in half. Uh, Gen Z will go down to, um, like, what is that, 4.5%. And then <laughs> Isaiah's generation, uh, like, 2%. No, pendulum swing. Hopefully. Yeah. The, is it called Generation Alpha or something? Yeah. I actually like that. Me too. I can deal with that. Gen X still sounds the coolest. I do. Did I go on my Gen X rant that Gen Xs are kind of losers? I don't know. I mean, you could bring it up again because it's worth mentioning. Well, I feel like the stereotype that I always see floating around social media, especially those occasional times that I hop on Facebook because it's all Gen X on there. Um, it's like all my friends from like high school that have never posted an Instagram picture or whatever. Um, still think like social media is for like, look at you know, my, I went out to eat with my family. Um, the notion, the stereotype is, oh, Gen X is more tough, right? They were like, they went home, they were left alone. The most, there's the latchkey generation because mm -hmm. we all, thanks to feminism, women in the workplace, the corporations are like, wait a minute. All right. So now we can just pay half everyone half the amount of money because it's right. just the, the status quo that you need to have two income household just to survive yeah so we were the first children of that really mm. and so we all came home to empty houses <laughs> you because, didn't though uh, i wish i did i really <laughs> I liked some i always space. thought you came home to empty houses You're like no my mom was always there yeah she worked <laughs> Which from I home loved. So my mom didn't have like a job job she worked remy was like so desperate to be a latchkey kid i know i was like please can i get some space i just want this sp nothing better than having like your own space for a while you have some snacks i watched some like you know i watched a phil donahue Oh, yeah. On he's our great. little color. We didn't have a color TV until I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Um, but uh, so this notion, oh, yeah, they're tough. I will say Gen X is not concerned with being offended. Like words don't, you know, hurt us. But now they're like, there's a law that just got passed. Uh, I think it's Michigan that aggressive, uh, any language that makes somebody feel terrorist now, you can go to jail for. So I'm like, that's really open-ended because it's reliant on how the other person feels. Right. Right? And I don't think, like, online bullying, I think these are tragic and horrible things, but, like, you know, I was taught, you know, sticks and stones might break my bones and words will never hurt me. Like, move on, get on, move over it. Yeah. And so... But I don't think... How are you ever going to be successful? But I... Well, that, yeah. Um, how are you ever going to not be completely self-absorbed because the entire planet has to revolve around how you feel? Yeah. That's a great success formula. It turns out that is not in my prosperity book. Part two. I'm not putting that in. That's a joke <laughs> that I'm not putting in that technique. Oh, I thought you meant that, uh, like, uh, sticks and stones, like, get over no, it. No, 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 <laughs> What I meant is that the entire world should walk in eggshells around your feelings. And oh, you my might God. Be offended. Yeah. Like, what is it coming to? But my point about Gen X is they're not tough. And I think Gen X, the more I contemplate on this, um, they're really um, a very ineffectual, scared... Um, loser generation who refuses to grow up mm. because Gen Xers are the only people I see. I see millennials and they're like, they're like, we created a refinement culture and we have nice clothes and we're into fashion. 
But Gen X is like still dressing like their 15 year old skater kids. Yeah, that's I true. I probably do it too, but you see, oh, there's your 90s tattoos mm-hmm. that you haven't touched up. <laughs> okay. You're wearing Vans. Yeah. You're wearing a T-shirt with a band on it. <laughs> yeah. The Ramones, which is you're I even can see a little this whole look right you're even you're even a little young, really, for the like be of age when the Ramones were doing their thing, um, and, or the Beastie Boys. I, I consider well, at least that Gen a big... X actually listen to those bands. Millennials just wear the shirts and they've never even heard look, the songs. I'm not the mu- <laughs> the music of the era was great, but I'm just saying this notion like oh they're so tough, but uh, Gen X has accomplished very little in the world. Mm. You never hear about like Gen like Gen X. You never they're never on the map as like. Oh, they're the person. They're not. They're the, like the super famous CEO, or they invented this. It's like it all just skipped. All went right to millennials. I think Gen X. Gen X feels more artistic to me. Well, I think like the, in an underground kind of way. Because I'm think, thinking about like the golden age of music videos. A lot of those directors. I mean, there were David Fincher was like. David Fincher. I do not think is Gen X. No, but like you do have a lot of those like Spike Spike. Jones is Gen X, and he actually fits that whole model of like Vans, skater kid, probably well, he, wearing a hoodie right now. He put Weezer on the map, and Weezer kind of helped put him on the map with yeah. that buddy. Well, it was the Buddy Holly video. Is that the was, one with the dogs? No, it was Buddy Holly video, and it looked like a scene from Happy Days. Oh, yeah. That was a big. The, the techniques, the filmmaking techniques of that were like groundbreaking at the I time. think his films are amazing. But um, the... But the one with the dogs was good too. And that was that was Spike Jones. I agree that Gen X... It, the, I think that the attitude... This is my theory. We grew up with this... We were the last to grow up with the notion of the Cold War. And um, so that's total annihilation right it's t- times were simpler when you just had one massive enemy that was like a country and a nationality that you could identify russia bad and th- they could nuke us out like off the planet and we could mu- nuke them off the planet so what are you going to do we're completely powerless government was way too big and out of our hands it still is but thanks to social media everyone thinks they're fucking involved and is an expert on everything and get so worked up. Like, people just didn't get that worked up. Yeah. Like, about a president who has, like, little bearing on your life. Like, even now, the media is like, my God, they found cocaine in the White House. And um, was I was like, what? Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares about, co- like, George Bush uh, Jr. was doing, he's famous for doing a lot of cocaine. I know. There was even Saturday Night Live sketch with, like, cocaine Cocoa Puffs and stuff. Right. And, um, but anyhow, I totally lost my thought. Yeah, sorry, there was, like, a, a bang downstairs. I was just wondering. Oh, I hope everything's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh... The Cold War, though. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. The Cold War, the presidents were way, like, what what are you going to do about it? Like, you're not going to tweet at Ronald Reagan. Right. Ronald Reagan, I know it's best. And ketchup should not be considered a vegetable in school. And uh, although as I get older and I see clips and quotes from him, I'm like, oh, yeah, it kind of made some sense. I was just conditioned to hate Reagan. Yeah. Um, but we should watch Wall Street, by the way. I know. I want to see that. But do you think at that time, protesting, actually going out in the streets was more effective? Because that's that how I you don't. would respond to these things? I don't know. I wasn't a part of that that 
everything was just big and out of our control and we could just die through nuclear war. So what are you going to do about it but internalize and create a lot more art? Yeah. And sort of, I think Gen X... Oh, yeah. Gen X's shtick is alternative, let's just operate outside of the system. But it wasn't the new alternative now is like, I'm a homesteader, like, you know, and, and now I have land and I'm happy. But... um it just was like, ah, let's just, I, I think that existential sense of oblivion and despair just forces you to be like, you know, I just don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, which I think. I'm not going to, Gen X didn't try to change anything. Mm. Millennials came in like, oh, I'm entitled, I can change. And there's more like famous millennials in office, like AOC and, and whatnot. And I give her credit for just like, and then uh, millennials, the smart ones figured out, oh, I can utilize social media. I can be savvy. I can build brands out of ideas and concepts, right? So I think they they did a lot. And Gen X was already like, Ugh. Like yeah. if you had a band or if you had like a photo, you know, a Xerox zine, you know, that was, that was it. I don't think there's a Gen X, there's ever been a Gen X president. No. Um... And then also, uh, I just, but Gen X has refused to grow up because I see those guys everywhere. They're all over LA. I see them in Vermont. Yeah. I probably, on some degree, that. Uh, I remember that couple that stayed in the hotel in New York from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, they were cool, but I, though. Yeah, they're super nice. But I'm like, oh, you're still wearing skate clothes and band t-shirts and your tattoos yeah. are faded and you're, you're cool and you have some earrings yeah you know that's it no it's pierced. still it's still dynamic i i'm more attracted to that well because i married a gen xer but like i think that i know we're ragging on them but i also think the notion of just saying you know what we're just gonna do our own thing like society seems totally fucked up let me live my life and like let me go into my art i think that 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 makes more sense to me than like getting everyone involved in like this person feels bad. So we need to create like hate speech laws that don't really, I think that a lot of that actually work. I, a lot of, I think that's a lot of younger millennials, but I feel like millennials followed some rules about society more. And then they're the brokest. Yeah. Well, it goes back to, um, uh, what you said last episode where it's just all about, it's all about building the resume and you're like, how, how long are you still really building your resume? You're like 40 now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about locational karma and okay. time loops. <laughs> yes. Which is where this is like a to be continued. Um, it's a callback from last episode cause we didn't get into it, but let's get into it. Okay, but I mean, no one needs to know. We didn't touch on it. Did we start to touch on it? Yeah, well, oh, I was I like, should we talk about this? And you're like, hold on, let's talk about it oh, later. right, okay. So, sorry to leave you hanging. <laughs> yeah. I think we should end every episode. Like, there's mid-sentence with a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so there are teachings that you have, and in yogic teachings, but this is aligned with magical teachings, Um that you you have karma in certain areas, you know, you chose where you're going to be, you know, that was, you decided that on some level is the belief, you know, um, and so you, 
you have karma in certain areas and sometimes so a lot of people i bring this up because a lot of people they want to move or they want to switch and maybe there's something still that has to be worked out wherever you are so start thinking about that contemplate that um what needs to be worked out why are you where you are um certainly i've felt stuck in certain areas la i don't think we both ever thought we'd meet leave but I feel like our karma must have been done then because where we are now feels like a destiny move and I'm not longing for LA at all. A million percent. So, um, but remember we shared about this, but when we left LA, our GPS, everything rerouted and it was weird construction and we wound up going back to this weird apartment you lived with your brothers when you <laughs> first moved to LA exactly yeah. 10 years to the day. Yeah. It and was I've, wild. In Valley Village. And I think that you had like, because we got stuck in traffic 10, 15 minutes. You, I think you had that little bit of karma yeah. to resolve. And if you didn't resolve it, something would either be nagging at you or you'd just have to go back yeah. and be like, okay, here you are. Yep. 10 minutes at the Gelson's and Van Have or whatever oh. it was. So many memories. I, I could not agree more. I thought that that was just really bizarre us getting off that exit because it was exactly it was to the day that I arrived 10 years later and we're getting off that exit that I got off when I landed in Los Angeles well which you know. all because of construction and GPS and we missed the thing but there there were a lot of there were a lot of like uh, hardships and lessons early like 20 less 20 year old lessons that I learned there that I think it really closed. It, it was a real nice uh, bookend. Um, yeah, I used to. Because um, I'm over it. I don't think about it anymore. You know, I've had places, though, that it definitely sort of hit my dreams a lot. One was Northampton, Massachusetts, which was where I was living with my dad when he got sick and died. And um, many, many years ago, like, I don't know, 20 something years ago, I used to have dreams about it and I hadn't been back for years. And then finally I did it, a trip to the Northeast and I was like, you know what? I just got to take some time and I got to just, I got to reenact my dream where I'm just walking up main street and I did it and I never had that dream again. Hmm. And then I used to dream about the house that I lived in, in Connecticut um, that we drove by. Yeah. And I used to have like not good dreams because like that was all towards the, well, sort of that was pre my father dying, but that was like all the lead ups because right. we moved out of that area and moved to a new state and a new town. And, um, but I just, I would have these reoccurring dreams and they were border, not quite nightmares, but they were just ugh, dreams. So it was like bringing up some subconscious memories since we drove by that house i just pointed it out and it definitely looked really run down whoever yeah. owns it now just let it fall apart um i haven't had any of those dreams mm. so i feel like oh there's some lingering whether it's psychological unresolved issues but i see it as karma yeah and then i think it was very interesting that we just uh like a week ago basically had a family well for me a family reunion for you is meeting a lot of new people mm -hmm. and a lot of my dad's side of the family when he died we just really lost touch and so after many 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 years 
finally saw his sister and I also, my cousin who I'd seen, but I hadn't met his kids yet. I hadn't seen him since before LA. Um, so it was like a lot of past coming in. Um, somebody just pulled into the driveway like a car. Okay. <laughs> um, it's weird when people turn around in our driveway and then pull all the way down. I don't know if the, I'm like, what are they? I think they get really confused. Because they don't know the how to turn around. Tracks, they yeah. don't know how to drive. So anyhow, so and it was really cool. It, it was great. They're a few hours from us now that we're here. So everybody's back in touch. I think everything hit a note. But it was very interesting that, again, GPS, because we didn't come that way, the route because I was facing the car across the street. That's what drives me crazy about GPS. Oh. Like if you're just pointed in a slightly different direction, you have an entirely different destiny that shows up, right? Totally different timeline. It's crazy. All because of a minute. Like GPS will not let you just turn around and like, oh, just go back the way you came. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, all right. I decided to follow the route because I didn't know the area. And the next thing I know, we come up to Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh. which we had visited. Um, I felt like I resolved all that stuff, but it really, I could feel the energy and I feel like that was the last, cause the, that was the last time I saw my aunt mm -hmm. and my father died and we had a service and we actually did this little thing like in our apartment and it was crazy to think, and this was right the the night before leading into the very early mor morning full moon in Capricorn. And I we like were right there. I was like, let's just, I'm going to stop. And we got, there's a burrito place that is open even when I lived there. And I was like 18. And I, the burritos were really good. Delicious. Um, now we're going. To, we're going to have to make that trip now a lot more often. Burritos and there's a couple of good Indian restaurants. <laughs> yeah. it's like not we, a bad town. They were real morons with COVID though. <laughs> they were like, you have to wear rubber gloves. I was like, get the fuck out! Of here. Are you for real? <laughs> Are you? It's like so. It's like so excruciating. Like when people like can't stand like super arrogant like. Uh, prim and proper, ultra educated liberals. These are probably like Smith College professors. The ones there, though, are this stereotype that um, they like wear, they all wear like linen, right? Yeah. Which is a high energy fabric, but there's like a certain earthy, you're not hippie, but you still, yeah. it's like lipsticks and, lipstick and linen. Yeah. Okay. And a, and a statement and a, necklace. A statement necklace made by someone uh, that's indigenous. In Sedona. <laughs> no, they're not into that. They're not into anything spiritual. What their spirituality is like poor ethnic cultures. And these are the same arrogant people that romanticize poverty and they romanticize ethnic poverty. Even when I go into the burrito place and every clientele in there was this person. And... On a side note, though, there was a woman with a 777 tattoo. Whoa. And I was starting to get Happy ready 777. for 777. <laughs> um, but they romanticize, and it's like really fine art-ish photographs of poor people in South American and Central American countries, fucking back-breaking labor, picking beans, fucking shucking beans, making tortillas, right? And it's like this lofty... What's the wage really looking like, too? It's the lofty position of like this 
this romanticizing of poverty that drives me crazy. It also feels like exploitation. It's complete. You're, it's a zoo animal exploitation. And you have like, you've invested the time in fine art photography and all of your thousands of dollars of equipment to get a picture of a guy planting a fucking seedling, right? Like as if the projection is, oh, these people just live such deep, meaningful, simple lives. Yeah. They must be so happy. Right. Must be so happy just shucking beans. And I'm not saying they're sad. I don't know their experience, but I know that this sort of weird entitled, these are the same people that are like, just let everybody into the country and they want they they want diversity, not because they want diversity, they want diversity because they want poor ethnic people to peddle their wares and bring their empanadas, <laughs> right? And these are always the douchebag people that know, they're always the people that are like, no, these, these are, this place is authentic. Yeah. And I know because I lived in whatever country for a minute, mm -hmm. you know, when I backpack toured because I had a bunch of money from my parents to tour around South America and brush up on my Spanish, yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, but so I know, those people always know the real ethnic place because they spent time there. So that's just my, my rant on that so crew, good. linens and lipstick, man. Um, and you're just like romanticizing poverty, but it's all for you, it's so selfish. Yeah. You know, oh, I, it's all for it be, your consumption. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so nice someone opened a backbreaking, uh, inexpensive ethnic food restaurant, right? It doesn't matter. Like, look at that. This is so, we're so part of the community here. Yeah. I'm so diverse. Yeah. I'm so interesting. Well, it's almost like they have their own internalized quota that they have to reach. Like, oh, I haven't had Indian food in a while. Let's well, I do that. I have like, <laughs> first of all, I want Indian food. Yeah. I want Mexican food. I'm just not romanticizing it. Go work in an Indian restaurant. You will no longer. I grew up with the romanticized notion of India. Like all Indians are inherently wise. Mm -hmm. Like um, <laughs> they can. They're good at spelling bees. Um you know, but that was because, like, oh, look at all these teachers from the East, right? And then you go into an Indian, work in an Indian restaurant, and that whole illusion is immediately shattered. Yeah. Although they Which were nice people. Which is good because it's, it's like, it's a nearsighted illusion. Like well, it's... I, I liked working at an Indian restaurant because it was totally a different sense of time. Well, what do was, you mean? Everything is, like, after. Oh, what time do I come into work? After three. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, Okay. <laughs> Just so what what time just after three. That was it. But there was a certain point where all of a sudden you're late, but it's not based on anything. <laughs> My favorite is the samosa. Oh, this is just a it, different. <laughs> like how many come in an order of samosas? Usually it's two, but it's L.A. So maybe it's one. You never know. And they're like, well, how, however many you want. And you're like, no, how but many what, come in the order? That price on the menu, does that is that one, two, is it however samosas you want come in an order? I'm like, yeah, but um but He was doing a great job at upcharging. I actually love that that job and I learned a little in the cooking. But um yeah, I don't know. It's more my jab on those linens and the linens and lipstick. Yeah. Linen lipstick and some type of degree. Yeah. Linen, lipstick, and tenure. A master's degree. Uh, yeah, and tenure. tenure. There you, that's that's good. what all these people that's are. That's really good. They just like float around embellishing and reading. Like, 
it's just people really romanticize like it's only white people that like have like artisanal farms usually you know <laughs> um growing like small like capers or whatever uh i wanted to start a cornish and farm um oh yeah but i was back <laughs> we came back to northampton i feel like that was a cycle of time with yeah. the moon and I, what was interesting, and I could feel the energy, like I had this purge, this, uh, I was hit with a lot of emotions because exactly that time many years ago, this was a month and a half, this was a, not even a, this was basically a little over a month before I found out that my father was sick. And by the time in, this was July 1st or 2nd, and I found out he was sick in August and then he died in September. Yeah. It was like maybe just over a month where all of a sudden he was fine. So when we went there, I was like living my best life at that cycle. And then I was 18 years old. I was like, this is great. Like I knew a lot of people. I was social. I was taking some time off. I'll go to college. My dad was going to open a store. I'll help him do the craft shows. Like everything seemed laid out in a good way. And then two months later, everything changed. He died. And it, it just happened fast. It wasn't a sudden death, but all of a sudden he gets sick and passes away within five, six weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I, I, and then that was the last time I saw my aunt, really, was at that service right there in Northampton. And that burrito place still is open, which was surprising yeah. to me. And we drove by the, the so apartment. I'm, I'm calling it Peter's Death Burrito. <laughs> I think we could call this episode that. Aww. Um, But we'll have to go back for those burritos. Oh, but this but the what, nodal. <laughs> yeah, this is what blew my mind. I didn't think about it, but node cycles are 18 years. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me look at my chart. It's really fun if you're learning astrology to look back at times times in your life that were like big changes positive negative and see what hits and what you can figure out on the astrology and I was having my nodes I was having a node return which obviously made sense because I know oh those are 18 year cycles but when I opened up the chart and I was like holy shit my node is on my node nodes hitting your nodes that's always going to be some big life change right it uh, doesn't mean it has to be a tragic change. That was my case, but my life changed forever yeah. in a big way, and it happened to be heavy. But even the nodes uh, hit wasn't a nodal return, but we found out when we found out you were pregnant. That was like the node. There was an eclipse. Oh, the yeah. Nodes rule eclipses, and it was on my tenth and fourth house. I was like, oh, it was like something. Someone's going to shift with career. I'm going to put the projections level Yeah, we always think it's up. career. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's also the house of mother and father. Yeah. And, oh, you're pregnant. So yeah. I totally got eclipsed. Uh, you're eclipsed. Your parents now. Yeah. Your life will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that node. So look at those 18-year cycles in your life is kind of interesting. And, it, I, you know, the GPS spirit, I swear spirit came through. It's like, no, you're going to Northampton. Yeah. For Peter's death burrito. Yeah. Oh, that was so special. I um I, it's funny because you're saying it's an 18-year cycle and I feel like 18 years is such a 
it's like it's you know you're like you're an adult legally right in america at least (laughs) super mature too and super mature but you know you're you're trying to find yourself i feel like when i was 18 it's like you have all these hopes for your future who are you going to be what are you interested in how can you monetize that because that's like i my understanding of college is like go for what what do you what are your passions what do you want to study and I went to college like right away. Um, but you know, and then we were sitting, we ha- went out for dinner yesterday and the, the table next to us, the girl just graduated from high school and she's taking a gap year and she's going hiking in Spain. And like, you know, it's just, she, it's like, you're finding yourself, you're searching. So I think, I think it's really interesting to think of it as in, in like, in the sense of nodes, South node, North node. Uh, yes, yeah, so 18-ish, you know, the the signs will be in the notes because we're actually just on the end of the Scorpio or uh, North Node Taurus Scorpio South Node. Um, and in, I, I think it's like a week or two um, where it's, the nodes are switching. So it's Aries Libra. Yeah. Wow. So North Node wow. Libra South, or sorry, North Node Aries South Node Libra, and so it goes backwards almost. Nodes go like well, it they go be the direction like, nodes go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as, but it's not Gemini Sagittarius. No, we already did that. That's when we found yeah. out that we were pregnant. So you'll well, notice most of the eclipses they're happening based on the nodes. The nodes, nodes yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it's that. hard. To, you can't. Some people say the nodes retrograde, but they're not retrograding. They're mathematical formulas. It's not a planetary body, right? There isn't a node in the sky. It's just math, and it deals with the moon. And I don't even know enough astrology to say why and how, but know that it's a mathematical equation. And the north and south nodes are always opposite. And so, yes, they're going, quote, in, they're not actually, they don't move is the weird thing because they don't exist. It's an idea and a concept that you can see in the chart. And, yes, they're going backwards compared to the rest of the chart. Aries so, Libra. So we're, okay. we're about to enter Aries Libra nodes. So the eclipses all be during Aries Libra seasons Ooh, type of thing. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have an eclipse. Yeah, but somehow there's an eclipse on my birthday, which is a Scorpio. So I actually need to talk to like someone who's just straight astrologer because I don't even know all the math on it. But yeah, so like a lot of Scorpios, you're getting your south node hit on a lot of things, which is a little karmic. But maybe this was south node. Scorpio is death. And right now the south node has been on my son for some time. Yeah. And it's been really good. It's like some karma, some old thing coming up. But for me, I feel like maybe it was the work that paid off. The book came out. It did some good book. Like it's getting translated into French. Yeah. Congratulations. um, They definitely need those protesters. All should read my book. They need vision. (laughs) They need hope. They should take cold showers. They should make vision boards. Yeah. They should write manifestation lists. (laughs) They should do breath work. They should buy some crystals. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. they would have a better Hello. life. <laughs> yeah. They would be less resentful. Yeah. You're going to make something more out of your life, to be honest. But um, yeah, so we're moving. So all the Aries slash Libra people, or if you have a lot of that in your planet, it's going to be hitting you now. Okay. I'm free. I'm free of the, I'm south, the south node. I don't really have any Taurus in my chart, but I have a fair amount of Scorpio and the south node. So if you have a lot of Libra, the south node's Libra, that's going to hit a bunch of shit. Okay. But my Pluto's in Libra. 
That'll happen at the end. What? Yeah. I mean, I, Libra, Libra seems like a sweet, sweet energy field, but maybe it's just like getting, you know, like letting go of relationships that don't serve that, like don't serve either party and not uh, in like, what am I getting from you? But just where you're like, this isn't authentic. Yeah. Or it could be like positive things coming back. Who knows? I don't want to get, that's a whole bunch of episodes now and yeah. videos. I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there either. You're going to open up a <laughs> node can of no, no, node no, no, node. <laughs> no to the nodes. I'm going to do the Isaiah. Yeah. It, well, for those of you not watching, since this is an audio only <laughs> format, Gina's putting her hand up and shaking her head. No. And he does that. If he does, it's is pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I don't know, but that did didn't it feel like some cycle? Oh, I was I was totally like tripping out because when we got to Northampton, I was like, let's let's just go in because we could have we could have been like let's turn around, but I was like let's let's go to Northampton and let's go get something to eat. But also, like, it just felt like a full circle moment. It felt like the. Honestly, it did feel like in a way Peter was Peter Peter's whole like vibe was over it and it was I feel like for him there was peace, you know? Um, like his family saw each other again. I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Actually. Everyone's sort of back together now. Yeah. Um plus now we don't live that far cuz we're new, we're back, we're renewed as new we're new Englanders. <laughs> Uh, we're Vermont. Vermont's its own country. Yeah. That's mine. I'm still pushing for that. Our whole family has Keens now. Yeah, and I got to meet some lovely people that utilize the uh, the impoverished to enhance their cultural significance, which was nice, too. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. we saw the old apartment. I saw where the service was. I uh, saw an old house I used to spend a lot of time in with my friend. That house went down the tubes a lot of it's weird. All these places I I used to either spend a lot of time in or live in, seeing them again, I'm like, who has this house now? They have not maintained it. I know. Like, I feel that way when I go back to my hometown. Not painted since you know 1990 or something. Yeah, everything feels like there's less trees too. Your town that you grew up in, there aren't a lot of trees. Yeah, but I remember there being more trees when I was a kid. Well. But I also don't know the exit. As they <laughs> say here in Vermont, less people, more trees. Let thy soul be awakened. 